I know what you're thinking. Did he fire six shots or only five? Well, to tell you the truth in all this excitement, I've kind of lost track myself. But Ian, this is a 44 Magnum, the most powerful handgun in the world, and would blow your head clean off. You've got to ask yourself one question. Do I feel lucky? Well, do you, punk? Hi, everybody. This is Ed Hoffman, and welcome to the main event. I opened up with that uh, that clip from uh, Dirty Harry. I think that was The Enforcer. I don't remember. You know, all those Dirty Harry movies, The Enforcer, Sudden Impact, The Gauntlet, Dirty Harry, all those ones. You know, they all blend together, you know, for us uh, Clinton fans. And, uh, you know, what? I did that in honor of uh, Barbara Bush uh, passing this week. And uh, as well, I, uh, op- I use that music from Little Texas, uh, God Bless Texas, because... The Bush family's from Texas, so uh, you know uh, we lost our forty-third uh, first lady of the. I don't know if there's forty-three first ladies. There's forty-three. He was uh, Bush forty-three. No, he no forty-one. Bush forty-one. George H. W. Bush was forty-one. Was the forty-first president? But I don't we have any presidents without wives. I'm sure we I'm sure we did at some point. But uh but Barbara Bush left us at age 92. It's really hard it's really hard to be too sad about somebody that lives to be 92 and lives with uh, all those kids and all those grandkids and uh being a military wife and a mother and a grandmother and a first lady and uh what a class act she was and uh you know what I you know what's what's disturbing is as uh, as she passed away on Tuesday the vile, the vile stuff that's coming out of the, uh, out of the people on CNN and, uh, and PMS NBC, and they use that as an opportunity to take swipes at Trump, and uh, you know that it's about the things he said about Jeb. You know what? I look at, I look at, I look at what happened in our election, and I say, hey, you know what? Uh, object, objective number one when running for president is get all your opponents off the stage. So it's only you and the, you and the other and the other uh, and the Democrat, and then you can uh, then you got to get the 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 you got to win the election, so you can be in the big so you can get into the White House and do something good for this country. So I think uh, all is fair in love and war and presidential politics, and uh, I'm I'm sorry for the Bush family that that the uh, Democrats use this as an opportunity to to make it to grandstand about Trump instead of just giving her the, uh, the tribute that she deserves. So, uh, the Bush family, uh, our condolences and our prayers and, uh, she lived a good life and, uh, we'll all miss Barbara Bush. So, uh, anyway, I wanted to start with that, get that out of the way so we can get on to talking about all the, all the other vile stuff that's going on, going on this week. And then in the second half, in the second half, we're going to have a, uh, I have, uh, 41st uh, congressional district candidate Asia Smith coming in, and uh, we'll do an interview with her. So introduce her to you. Whether you're in the 41st district or whatever district you're in, we need to support these people because we need to take California back. Uh, because there's California is just a disgrace to the fact that I live here. You know, and, and you should feel the same way. It's our our quality of life. Our tax our taxes are too high. Everything, our gas prices are too high. Everything's too high. And I want to uh, showcase some people before the primary election to stimulate some of you to get off your butts in June and go to the polls and go vote. And uh, because the only reason that California, the only reason that we don't 
turn the state red is because too many of us Republicans don't vote in the election. So if we all get get off our butts, we can actually take uh, California back. Well, California is never going to turn red over here because we're too many Democrats. I don't believe that. I believe too many people believe that. I believe too many Republicans believe that, and they just don't even try. So let's try and turn that around. But anyway, before I go on to everything that's happening this week, let me introduce myself. My name's Ed Hoffman, President of Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local direct mortgage lender, located here in Southern California, offices all over the place, servicing California, Arizona. If you're interested in getting involved in any of the fantastic opportunities that are real estate in California, Arizona, even a few other states, I don't need to be officially licensed there to be able to handle them. But if you can hear my voice and you need financing on some real estate and uh, you want to talk with someone who's like-minded with you, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, day or night, toll-free area code 855-640-2020. Hey, you know what? You know what I sell different than everybody else does? Nothing. But you know what I have that everybody else doesn't have? I got me. And I got my team. So if you want to deal with someone that's going to guide you to the right thing, call me. If you want to talk to me, but you don't want to talk on the phone because you're you're at work, you're stealing time from your boss. Wait till your government mandated 15 minute break or wait till after work and go on WCCLoans.com. www.wcclons.com. Click on uh, the loan center. Click on apply now. Give me as much information as you want and tell me how much information you want back. You'll hear back from myself or one of my talented teammates, Eric Marquez, Alex Rojas, Cody Bradbury, Aaron Fredericks, and we will uh, help you fill in the missing pieces to your real estate financing puzzle. Um, If there's any part of the show that you missed and you want to hear it or you want to replay it, you can get the podcast on this show at Ed Hoffman at, I'm sorry, edhoffman.net, www.edhoffman.net, E-D-H-O-F-F-M-A-N.net. Uh, go to the podcast page. You can hear this show as as well as several past shows and uh, listen to it on demand. You can also get the podcast on SoundCloud and iTunes where you can uh, subscribe for free, have it download once a week to your uh, your iPhone, your iWatch, your Droid, your your uh, your iPad, your mini pad, your maxi pad, your uh, computer, wherever you want and anywhere that you can listen to uh, podcasts on and you can listen to it on demand anytime you want. Follow me at Twitter, at Ed Hoffman, where I tweet about current events all week long. Like the show on Facebook, facebook.com slash the main event. And uh, lastly, if I say something that you want to comment on, call the listener hotline, 855-640-2092. Okay, did I get everything out? I did. Okay, so uh, what's going on this week? The big story this week, former FBI Director James Comey. You know what I wanted to use? I wanted to use a... Uh, I wanted to use a clip from the new vacation movie, the remake or the, or the second vacation movie, you know, with the guy from the hangover and, uh, and Christina Applegate and the two kids doing the cross country Wally world thing. And they're, uh, they play Rusty's kid. And, uh, I wanted to use, Hey, you know what? Here's, here's a good clip I could use. Hey, here's, here's a line. James is a, anyway, if you've seen the movie that you'll find that you'll find that humorous. So uh, if you haven't seen the movie, watch it. It's pretty funny. Um, the, so anyway, the, uh, so the big story was FBI director is uh, James Comey's uh, book promotion and its so-called jaw-dropping revela- revelations. Book came out on Tuesday or Wednesday, Tuesday. So, uh, but he was on TV on uh, on last Sunday on uh, George Stephanopoulos 
George Snuffleupagus on uh, ABC doing his interview. If there's one thing you could say about James Comey, it's that he seems to understand the only way to sell a political memoir is to include plenty of gossip, like this story of meeting uh, President-elect Trump during the trans during the transition. It was the first time you met Donald Trump. What was your impression? He had impressively coiffed hair. It looks to be all his. I confess I stared at it pretty closely. And my reaction was, must take a heck of a lot of time in the morning. His tie was too long as it always is. He looked slightly orange up close with small white um, half moons under his eyes, which I assume are from tanning goggles. I think James Comey seems sweet on him. I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong, but he seems pretty pretty uh, interested in what he looks like. Uh, kind of kind of embarrassing, you know. Perfectly quaffed hair and uh, you know uh, whatever, whatever. So uh, it just seemed seemed kind of weird. Hey, here's the head of the FBI, and he's doing a full on analysis of what uh, Trump looks like. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm being too tough on it. So, uh, but he didn't stop there. Comey went on to describe the now famous cabinet reception in the White House blue room that happened shortly after the inauguration. The one where uh, we see Comey trying to make his blue suit blend in with the curtains so the president wouldn't see him. But uh, as as uh, everyone who's seen the video knows, Trump did see him. Listen to how Comey describes the scenario as uh, some kind of mafia initiation. I'm walking forward thinking I was determined there's not going to be a hug because I'm not a master of television, but I knew that would be a real problem. Our arms are tense and he gets just far enough that I get something worse than a hug. Unfortunately, the cameras are on the left side of my face. So the whole world saw him kiss me. He didn't kiss me. He said, I really look forward to working with you. What do you think is going through his mind? I think it's about establishing dominance and making everyone part of the family. I think... Trump just came into Washington D.C. where he didn't really know everybody that's involved, and he's trying to just not just trying to make friends and find out who he can trust and who he can't trust. I I didn't think it was kind of a mafia thing, uh, but Comey is Comey. Now let's talk about uh, Comey and the 2016 election, starting with the revelation that he didn't even vote. Listen to why. You didn't vote. No. Why not? I'm the director of the FBI. I'm trying to be outside of politics and that I shouldn't be choosing between the candidates. Yeah, well, I don't know. That seems that seems kind of normal, just like when you see uh, a presidential, the president do a State of the Union, you see the uh, Supreme Court justices sitting there and you never see them stand up and applaud because they're not supposed to. They're supposed to be, uh, they're not supposed to uh, cheer on the president or anybody else. They're supposed to be... Uh, about the law and and you never see them stand up but his behavior doesn't seem to support that so uh maybe comey didn't want to appear like he was choosing between the candidates but it's sure like what he's been doing when he followed loretta lynch's order to change the language on the hillary on the on the hillary on the hillary email inquiry from investigation to matter did you think she was doing that to protect Hillary Clinton? I didn't know. It, it worried me. It gave me an uncomfortable feeling because the Clinton campaign had been trying to come up with other words to describe it. Yeah, I think uh, I think what he uh, what he thought was he didn't want to insult his his future boss, and he had no idea that that uh, Trump was going to win the win the election, and so he was eh, I don't know, just trying to. Uh, um, Make sure he didn't get fired. And uh, and maybe Comey didn't want to vote either for either candidate. 
but his family sure did. He proudly admitted that his wife and four daughters strongly supported Hillary. We even got to hear his wife admitting this. On Saturday, January 21st, masses of demonstrators take to the streets, among them, the family of James Comer. My wife and girls marched in the Women's March the day after President Trump's inauguration. At least my four daughters, probably all five of my kids, wanted Hillary Clinton to be the first woman president. I know my amazing spouse did. I wanted a woman president really badly, and I supported Hillary Clinton. A lot of my friends worked for her, and uh, I was devastated when she lost. Wait, didn't we hear tell hear Hillary say that that women voted how their husbands wanted, and that's why they voted for for Trump? It sounds to me like Comey is making moves because his wife is telling him what to do. Him, her, and uh, her her five daughters uh, and his five daughters all wanted Hillary to be the president because she's a woman. I don't know if I were Comey, I would be embarrassed to put that on the. I wanted to be president because she's a woman. We wanted a woman president. We supported Hillary because because she's a woman. You know what? That's that's kind of like when uh, who came out and said it was it George was it Harry Belafonte or was it Samuel Jackson? Uh, one of those guys came out and said that he voted for Obama because he was black. Um, how how stupid does that make you look? Hey, I voted for him because of the way he looked. Yeah. I don't know. It just to me, it just sounds it makes him look stupid. Uh, I know I did say I did say last week or the week before that when when Don and I went and saw uh, Travis Allen, that she goes, "I like him not just because he looks because he's good looking either." And I looked at it. I didn't realize that we were judging uh, politicians based on how they looked. No, not even because of that. Well, I didn't even know that you were admiring him like that. So anyway, I have to keep an eye on my have to keep an eye on my wife when Travis is around. But uh, so be it, you know. And and this this being, hey, you know what? Is it is it important that Comey's wife and daughter supported Hillary, and he's supposed to be nonpartisan? I guess it's about as important as whether uh, uh, Michael Cohen, the uh, Trump's uh, attorney, um, happened to have ever talked to Sean Hannity. A talk show host. I don't know. I'm, I'm getting. I'm kind of getting off off the trail here. But um, you know, part of this, part of the the stuff that I decided not to talk about this week was the Michael Cohen thing and how they're how the how they how the FBI raided his his office and his house and his and his hotel. I mentioned that last week. But uh, the big deal was this week was that when he talked in front of the the court, he mentioned the three uh, three three of his uh, clients. And I guess they're trying to prove he's a real attorney that he actually has a business. And one of them was Donald Trump and one was some big fundraiser for Donald Trump. And the third one he didn't want to mention. And it turned out to be Sean Hannity. And uh, of course, Sean Hannity came out and said, Hey, I've never retained him and not, I'm not one of his clients. I have talked to him about for some legal, legal opinions, but he's never billed me for it. So I guess technically Sean Hannity's not one of his clients. Not really sure what, uh, what difference that makes to what the Mueller investigation is doing, but I divert off the trail here. And while the Democrats still seem to hate James Comey for supposedly damaging Hillary Clinton's chance to become president, there's one thing they can all get behind what Comey wrote about the president's fitness for office. You write that President Trump is unethical, untethered to the truth. Is Donald Trump unfit to be president? Yes. 
but not in the way I often hear people talk about it. I don't buy the stuff about him being mentally incompetent or early stages of dementia. He strikes me as a person of above average intelligence who's tracking conversations and knows what's going on. I don't think he's medically unfit to be president. I think he's morally unfit to be president. Well, Lottie freaking da, that's the pot calling the kettle black, isn't it? <clears throat> and for the and for those of you that don't remember, um, July fourth, two thousand sixteen, four months before the election day is in uh, two months after two two or three months after Comey started his exoneration uh, statement on his computer, they decided to actually interview Hillary Clinton, and then he came out on the fourth of July and made that little uh, was it fourth of July or fifth of July? <clears throat> I remember I was in Philadelphia. Um, him making his little speech about every reason why Hillary Clinton was extremely careless, but I don't think there's a, uh, I don't think there's a, a case here. I don't think any, any reasonable, reasonable prosecutor would call this a, a case to prosecute. And I tend to differ. You just went over for uh, 15, 20 minutes on everything she did wrong. And then you came back and said she was not prosecutable. I don't know. This sounds stupid, but Four or five days before the election, when they found some uh, some classified emails on on uh, on uh, Anthony Weiner's computer, Uma Abedin's husband, Uma Abedin being Hillary Clinton's assistant, where Hillary would send send emails to, and then she'd copy it over to Anthony Weiner's so she could print them or something. And uh, they read, so they found a bunch of emails that had been deleted, and they found it. So he said he felt obligated to come on and tell everybody that that they're reopening it right before the election. So if you remember, you know, why am I not 50 points ahead? That was uh, Hillary right after that. So anyway, uh, so let's, so, you know, Comey, Comey doesn't know, know which side is the, his bread, his bread is buttered on. He doesn't know if to scratch his watch or wind his butt. So um, let's conclude this segment on James Comey with uh, something Trump supporters can laugh at. Hillary Clinton campaign's chair and good friend John Podesta giving his opinion on Comey in the book. I've never uh, attacked Mr. Comey for trying to uh, do something that was for a partisan reason. I think it was his, to some extent, his arrogance that led him to make a very bad error of judgment. I thought he was an idiot in in the context of this election and that it was influential uh, in the outcome. Are you going to read this book? I don't think so. <laughs> you think Hillary Clinton will read this book? <laughs> I doubt it. I will tell you, I'm not going to read the book. Um, pretty much, pretty much everybody's talking about it and, uh, there's no bombshells. It's all the same stuff we've already heard. And James Comey just makes himself look like an idiot. Um, I'm trying to think if there was another, uh, thing he said, uh, oh, uh, George Stephanopoulos asked him about, do you think it was, do you think it was fair to, was to tell him about the, the, uh, the dossier, the, the steel dossier where the, where they came up with the, uh, the the story that he had been uh, sent Russian hookers in in uh, while he was in Russia that uh, wanted to uh, do some some bodily functions on him and uh, and to tell him that this information was coming out and uh, George Stephanopoulos asked him if uh, if he thinks it was fair to not tell him that uh, that this dossier had been paid for by his his political opponent and he goes uh, I don't know. But you know, it wasn't necessary for my for what my uh, what my uh, what my goal was, and that was just to tell him that we had the information. 
Well, you know what? If the head of the FBI doesn't know what's what's appropriate and not appropriate, know that hey, should we have told him this? Should we have told him this that this was this information that we got was paid for by your political opponent? Opponent, and to me, well, it it wasn't for for what my what my goal was. Well, what kind of goals do you have? You're the head of the FBI. You're supposed to be all about truth and justice. You're not supposed to. You're supposed to be blind to to uh, sex and color and and age and and political affiliation. You're supposed to remember uh, Lady Justice wears a blindfold. <clears throat> so I don't know. It it kind of uh, enrages me. But the Democrats are the Democrats and PMS NBC are having a field day with this. So let's go on. Uh, the United States joined Great Britain and France last week in launching uh, airstrikes against the tar- against targets in Syria uh, in a tent. Oh, that was was that Monday? I think it was Monday. Monday of this week. No, it wasn't. It was before the weekend. It was Friday. Okay, so it was Friday. So, uh, in an attempt to strike elements of the Syrian dictator Bashar al-Assad's regime after it used chemical weapons weapons on the Syrian people. According to Politico, here's how Americans feel about this approach. Well, 58% of the voters support the strikes. I support the strikes because, I, you know what? It makes me feel good when I know that my commander in chief has some has some stones. Twenty three percent oppose them. Okay, twenty three percent are morons. Nineteen percent have no opinion. Okay, they they're not sure. Republican voters are the most supportive of the military action. Big surprise there. Seventy seven percent of the Republicans support the strikes compared to forty nine percent of Democrats. Here's what my good friend Joey Jones, Johnny Joey Jones, if you follow him on Twitter, if you remember, Johnny Joey Jones was a uh, was a EOD tech. That uh, lost his legs in uh, in Afghanistan, uh, defusing bombs. He said he did his 81st bomb uh, with his legs instead of uh, instead of with his arms and his hands. And uh, this guy's a true patriot, and he's a youngster. He's a youngster, about 31 years old, and he served a long time in the military, and he gave up his legs, and he's a true patriot. And this is what he tweeted out. Uh, you know, if you remember him coming on the on the radio, sometimes him and I don't completely agree on everything. He's certainly not a Trump supporter. He said, consistency speaks much louder than rhetoric. As a benevolent nation, we do not always get to decide whether or not, I think it should be whether or not, whether or not we are at war. Tonight, our president remained consistent on his policy with Syria. That could be the most war-deterring message we could send at this point. You know what? To me, that made me feel good about what happened. And for for those of you that think the president is soft on Russia or that he's great friends with Vladimir Putin, there's talk of more sanctions being imposed on Russia because of the history supporting the Assad regime. Ambassador Nikki Haley may have spoken prematurely this week when she said sanctions would be announced on Monday, but the White House has said new sanctions are still under consideration. But don't tell that to minority leader Chuck Schumer, who wants the president to be damned if he does and damned if he doesn't when it comes to Russia. The White House shouldn't have to drag the president kicking and screaming to do the right thing when it comes to punishing Vladimir Putin and Russia. His refusals to stand up to the Kremlin is troubling and leaves many Americans wondering why. What does the president have to hide? Yeah, what does he have to hide? Well, you know what? Chuck Schumer, stick it up your your Democrat. Anyway, uh, I'm all out of time for part one of the main event. Stay tuned for five minutes of traffic, commercials, and weather. We're going to be back with our interview with Asia Smith, congressional candidate from the 41st District. That's you guys in Riverside, Moreno Valley, Harupa Valley, Miraloma, and Paris. Don't go away. I'll be right back. And welcome back to part two of the main event. My name's Ed Hoffman. 
President Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local direct mortgage lender. I don't talk a lot about real estate and financing on the radio, although I have in the past because I think you guys just think it's boring if you're uh, not in the in the mood if you're not in the market for it. But if you are in the market for it, whether it's to buy a new house, buy a house to get your kids out of your uh, extra bedroom or your garage apartment, your your uh, living room couch, or you uh, need to refinance, uh, you know your your house that you already own, or if you want to try out one of them things for 62 year old year olds and older, that reverse mortgage thing, you need some clarity. Call me toll free at 855-640-2020, 855-640-2020. As I told you in the, in the first half, uh, we have a special guest here in California's 41st congressional district. And I don't care if you live in the congressional district, the 41st, which is, a uh, Riverside, Moreno Valley, Harupa Valley, Paris. Um, if you don't, Mira Loma. if Mira Loma, if you don't have, if you don't live in that district, you still need to be uh, in, interested in this. You still need to support these people because we need to take our state back. So, uh, but we've had to here in the 41st district, we've had to put up with Democrat Congressman Mark Ticano for the last five years. Uh, my guest this week believes citizens of the 41st district have not been effectively represented and they deserve better. And I, uh, I completely agree. Republican Asia Smith is a technical sergeant who served her country with distinction in the U.S. Air Force since 2002. Asia Smith, welcome to the main event. Well, thank you for having me. And just a disclaimer, I got out of service in 2012, so I am a veteran. You are. You are 10, year, 10 years serving our country. 10 years. Thank you for your service. Thank you. And uh, thank you for your continued service once we bump Mark Takano out. Oh, yes. So I've known, I've known Asia's, Asia's family for a long time. Uh, I actually financed her grandmother into uh, their house that they live in now, uh, 1996, so 22 years ago. Uh, well, first when we first uh, moved Marino, uh, Wholesale Capital into Moreno Valley, and uh, Asia was a high school girl coming in with her grandma. Yes. And uh, so you grew up in Moreno Valley, where uh, where you're raised by your mom and your grandmother, and who worked long hours as nurses to provide uh, for you and ensure that you had the same opportunities as your peers. What else can you tell us about your background? My background, I come from a long history of military. My grandfather served three wars in the United States Air Force, active duty, World War II, Korea, and Vietnam. My great uncle was a Tuskegee Airman. My dad's father, he was also a Navy vet. My grandma's cousin was a graduate from the Naval Academy. So the military is in our blood. Military is in your blood. Uh, work, Hard work is hard in your blood. Work, hard I... work. Uh, my great grandfather, he <clears throat> brought, I think, about eight kids from Louisiana in a third grade education. He couldn't read or write, came out to California and started his own business. Did, uh, did you guys uh, grow up near uh, Larry Elder? Probably. Because Larry Elder's, Larry Elder's family sounds the, the sounds very, uh, very, very similar. similar. We're probably related down the line. Very similar, very similar background. And you know what? Quite frankly, you couldn't ask for couldn't ask for a better upbringing to teach you about hard work and patriotism. Hard and- work. Go to school. Get a good job, and then just don't let anything hold you back. And don't whine. Don't, don't whine, whine about anything. Don't don't whine. Don't this don't have work. your don't have your hands out. Just don't ask God to lighten your load. Ask Him to strengthen yes. your back. Faith and perseverance. Absolutely. So I've known this family for a long time, and uh, and I'm happy to support them. Um, how would you c- compare your comparing your background with Mark Ticano's? Isn't yours more traditional American experience that voters can relate to? I think so, especially in the 41st district. We do have a high f- um, single family households. We have people who are living paycheck to paycheck. So I know how that feels. 
And we have a lot of people are struggling to find good paying jobs instead of the temporary jobs. I can't find a job and even commuters. We have a lot of commuters. I remember my mom was commuting back and forth to Rockwell until she got laid off during the Clinton administration and she became a nurse. So my grandmother, she went to school full time as a nurse. And my grandmother, she was the head of household. So we had to make some sacrifices so my mom can finish nursing school. So they both became nurses. But mm -hmm. at the same time, they had to commute to L.A. a lot. Because in L.A., you get paid more in the healthcare administration. But I want to bring those type of pay wages back into the 41st district. Very good. Very good. And, uh, uh, you know what? We've been putting up with this Takano guy, Mark Takano. And, uh, and I've... I've written, I've emailed him, mm -hmm. you know, Hey, I didn't, I, I didn't vote for him the first time. I didn't vote for him the second time. Mm. I didn't vote for him the third time. And I don't really know what the attraction is this guy that our district has to this guy. Um, because he, when I've sent him emails on issues that I thought were, were important, I got form emails back that basically said, Hey, I'm following the party line. I don't really care what you say. Um, this is why it's important. Uh, cause my, cause aunt Nancy told me I have to, I have to vote this way. And, uh, and, uh, you know, he's kind of a one dimensional guy. Let me play a little, uh, clip from him, uh, uh, that he spoke at the, uh, uh democratic convention, uh, last year. I am Congressman Mark Takano from the great state of California. And I'm the first openly gay person of color to be elected to the United States Congress. As a proud Gaysian, I support Hillary Clinton because she is a strong champion for LGBT rights. She will fight to end employment discrimination against LGBT Americans. You know, I didn't realize that we had, had uh, employment discrimination for LGBT Americans because I never, I never ask when I hire someone, I never ask them who they sleep with. And I've worked private sector and people I worked with, I never asked that they were. Uh huh. So I don't know what he's talking about. So I know this is just something, it's a platform the Democrats want to get on. And Republicans out there, we need to get behind Asia. We just like uh, Bill Saley, we need to take our, uh, that we talked about last week, we need to turn our state red. Yes. And that means you got to support everybody in every district. And we need to get, uh, and we need to make sure, you know, it's kind of frustrating as you, as you're going into Congress, hopefully, yes. um, how many Republicans that are deciding to, to retire are waited so long that it's almost almost too late for another Republican to get in. So if, so if you weren't planning on running as a Republican in Wisconsin under uh, Paul Ryan's district in, in Wisconsin, you had like, I think they have till June 5th to declare, but in California, it would be too late. It would be way too late. So anybody who said, who comes, Hey, I'm just gonna, I'm not going to run for reelection. I'm just going to abandon it. Just give it to a Democrat. So then you're gonna have special elections and that's even harder to run. Exactly. But I mean, it's, it's, but right now, if they, so if they don't have, if nobody got, if nobody got in under the, in the, in time, right. They would have to do a special election that, or they just, they just change the date. Well, it depends on the state. You know, every state is different, just like California. The filing date was in March. Mm -hmm. So if some, somebody decided not to run in this district, you know, you're kind of screwed. Mm -hmm. I know uh, Doug Shepard was going to run and then you got in and he decided not to. Yes. That was nice of yes. him. Well, I don't know, but, you know, and I, and I want to say that I hope he does support me, and I did vote for him and support him uh -huh. when he ran as well. 
Well, uh, Doug is a proud, proud Republican. I'm yes, sure he, he will. Is. And uh, so let's let's talk about you. I was intrigued by the statement uh, from you. As a veteran, I understand national security. As a congresswoman, I will ensure our national defense has the resources it needs to keep us safe. We must provide our military and homeland security agencies with the proper technology and increase manpower to defend our nation. The congressman I will replace jeopardizes our safety. Uh, in the world with failure to understand military readiness and national security. You're referring to, you're referring to, to Mark Takano, of course. Uh, what have you noticed about his failure to understand military readiness and national security? His whole voting record. If you go to votesmart.org, you'll see he voted for the Iran deal. He's voted against a lot of our military funding for so many entire years. And that military funding included pay raises for service members as well. And you represent a district that has... A military installation so why are you voting against this I don't think I don't think he my impression is he doesn't really care who he's representing he just wanted to he wants a seat in Congress that's it he hey, just he's, I'm, he's I'm, a career politician and people fail to realize that he's been in politics for a very long time so he is technically a career politician I did not know all I know is uh, he was on a uh, school board Okay, so yes. I didn't uh, I didn't know what his background was, but I just knew, hey, when he got elected, I supported Tavaloni the first time. I did too. And I thought, hey, Tavaloni's a shoe in because everybody in Riverside County knows who this guy is. I thought he was going to win on a landslide. And uh, I was I was amazed to go, who is this guy? So, hey, I'll give him a chance. You know, I wasn't an Obama supporter, but hey, you know what? I'll 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 support him until he till he proves himself not worthy of it. And uh Well, the first year or year and a half you know, I said, okay, like you said, I, I gave him, we all gave him a chance. And when it came down to issues, when it came to, pers- uh, what do you call it? When you file a congressional complaint, he was unresponsive. Same thing like you got. We got that nice generic email. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'll get back to you. Haven't heard from him back. You try to explain things to him about funding and needs and what we need. Okay, I'll get back. But then you go to his voting record, he votes against it. I'm not for continued resolution- resolutions. I like to see a budget, a full year's budget for the military. And he's voted no against a lot of it. I mean, look at the Iran deal. He voted to give tens of billions of dollars to Iran, who loves to chant death to America and death to Israel. That's their national anthem. And he thinks it was okay. So how can you say that you're for the military, you're for veterans, but you're jeopardizing on the mission? How can you say you're for America? Exactly. Yeah, it's uh, <clears throat> it's ugly, and he doesn't seem he doesn't seem to be passionate. It doesn't have to do with the gay community, and well, we that's... have other issues besides it's, it's everybody. I I drive around the district. I see more homeless people, more potholes, and people are wanting jobs, jobs, jobs. More federal funding. What have you done for our district? Uh, nothing, nothing that I've seen. Nothing I've seen to really it. fight and really help. He says he's for kids, but we can go into that later. Um, oh yeah. Well, let's let's talk about that right now. Yes. So we have a, we have a district that's heavily families. Yes. I mean, it's first time home buyer land in the Inland Empire of uh, of California. So if you're trying to buy a house, you can't afford to buy live in Orange County. You can't afford to live in L.A. County. Uh, you're you're moving you're moving east, and you're there's uh, Riverside, San Bernardino counties, and so you got a lot of young families starting. Oh yes, and, and they're us, growing. Tell us about what he just voted. He voted against a bill that protects. Well, it actually helps stop online sex trafficking. This is the second time that he's voted against something like this, and to me, that was a shocker. For somebody says, "I'm teacher for Congress." Well, if you're a teacher, you're dealing with young people and kids. 
I don't have kids, but I have a lot of compassion for children. I don't want them to get involved in the sex trade and be victims of pornography online. And you're going to vote against a bill that protects to give the rights to the victim across state lines. And that's where people need to start looking at his voting record. Enough with, well, he's a Democrat, so I'm voting. No, you need to start looking at it and say, does he really align with our values, family values in our district? Exactly. And people got to you know what? Hey, don't look at their skin color. Don't nope. look at don't look at what their sexual uh, orientation uh, orientation is. Don't you know, listen beyond that. Listen to their ideas. And do they and what support they're voting? The, do they support the kind of uh, the kind of lifestyle, the kind of um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The character, the 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 values that right. I support. Right. <clears throat> so as a, so as a veteran, um Oh, oh, here, here's another thing. Um, you also pointed out that Takano hired the Awan brothers, the uh, congressional hacking suspects, yes. with ties to the Muslim Brotherhood as IT staffers. Uh, refresh our memory. This was goes back to Deborah, Debbie Blabbermouth Schultz, um, <laughs> Debbie Wasserman Schultz. Remind everybody who this guy is involved with. The Awan brothers were three brothers from Pakistan that Congress, well, Debbie Wasserman Schultz and a few others, they sent a letter to bypass their security background check. And I'm not talking about just a secret or just a favorable, a top secret background check as IT staffers. And I felt, when I first read the article, I thought that was strange. Why would you do that? And when I was reading front page, I, I was seeing who hired them and one of them was Mark Takano. He hired two of the brothers. Now keep in mind that he represents a military, a district with a military installation, and you're, hide, you're hiring two brothers who did not get the proper background check, and people that live in the district, veterans and those who are serving, are probably sending him information on issues, so who knows where your information went to. So if you feel like your information got compromised, call Mark Takano, because right now we don't know because where the investigation is at, they're trying to sweep it underneath the rug. Oh, it's no big deal. But it goes back to Hillary Clinton server issue as well. Yeah, and and we're and we're worried about Facebook. Yes, Facebook, You're Twitter. Worried? I mean everything. Facebook, all the social media. But you have to realize you have to know who are these people hiring and keep your data. And, uh, and, and that goes back to cybersecurity, OPSEC, anti-terrorism, everything. And your background is IT. Yes. So you did IT in the in the military. Yes. And uh, I, wanna, and I know IT. I've wanna... been knowing IT for years, especially for cybersecurity. Now, if anybody wants to say, well, they they just needed a job or something. Well, why are you hiring three brothers? that you know they could not pass a security background check, mm-hmm. but of course you have people high in DC, oh, just pass it, just wave it. That should be a red flag right there. And why? And what would be the connection? The or connection why, is- I mean, why are they trying to push these three Pakistani brothers? Well, there can be many reasons. It could be reasons where they, they do have ties to terrorist organizations back at home, Money laundering came up and all slows of issues where I noticed that the news, both right and left, they don't talk about it. So I had to go online and look at uh, front page in different places to see Mm -hmm. people who are really keeping tabs. And I tell people, that's a real interesting question, red flag that really needs to be brought up more. 
Yeah, so maybe it's uh, kind of like a... It's trying to be swept underneath the rug. They're not They're not digging into it because Debbie Blabbermouth Schultz and, and Mark DeCano and a few others... Ted Lieu, um, Julia Brownlee, a, a lot of Democrats from California hired them. Maxine Waters? I didn't see her name on the list, but that wouldn't bypass me. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. We need to... It would be interesting to... To find some some dirt and get rid of her. Oh yes, I don't. I don't. There's a lot of dirt, but yeah, there's a lot of dirt that that I've seen, and I don't know what the attraction is. Why L.A. keeps re uh, reelecting her? So, as a veteran, the needs of other veterans is one of your platform issues. Yes, you say we have thousands of veterans who cannot get adequate care from the VA. We need to ensure veterans receive the entitled benefits, provide them with quality health health care, and preserve their retirement benefits. As your congresswoman, I will fight for our veterans in Washington D.C. You go on to say Mark Ticano, who's the vice ranking member on the Veterans Affairs Committee, is unaware of some very basic information regarding his job. Tell us about that. I kid you not. So he had a town hall call one day and, you know, my grandmother's a veteran. So before he had the town hall, we had the TRICARE office right across the street from March Air Reserve Base mm-hmm. and it was gone. So my, so my grandmother, she said, you know, I'm going to call in his town hall. So she finally got through and she said, well, why did the TRICARE office leave? He didn't know. He didn't know they'd gone? No, he didn't know they were gone. He said, well, I didn't know that. I'll look into it. So it's been a couple of years since he was, he's been looking into it. So I saw on another Facebook post, maybe about last year or so, another person said, yeah, he didn't know that the TRICARE office left across the street from the base. So when, if you don't know that the TRICARE office didn't, that the TRICARE office left and you're the vice ranking chair of the Veterans Affairs Committee, you're out of touch. Why are you sitting on a committee that you don't know what's going on? Yeah. What are you doing in Washington, D.C.? I think he's just going to dinners <coughs> and having little parties, parties and living off the taxpayers money and. Uh, other issues that I've seen, a lot of people, they tell me, you know, we're glad you're running because we have all these issues. We try to contact him. He hasn't helped us. Some people say, well, he's kind of helped us, but he really didn't know what to do because some of his staff are veterans and he pushes it off to them. But he has not addressed a lot of the issues, especially when it comes to the VA. And I did look, it was last year sometime that Loma VA, Loma Linda VA does rank one of the worst VAs. Yeah, I had a uh, I had a guy on on here uh, <clears throat> on my show a few years ago that actually got misdiagnosed at Loma Linda, and uh, when he went in for for a chest X ray, and uh, a year and a half later he went into the the Victorville VA and found out that hey, when you had your X ray done eighteen months ago, they missed this little this little spot on your lung, and now you're stage four cancer. Oh my god! And he, <clears throat> we had him and his wife in here to talk about that and. Uh, and that's a growing issue. I hear the VA stories. I hear it from a lot of people. Some people say, well, we don't want to go choice program. But you also have to think a lot of people that are veterans, they live in remote areas and the nearest VA hospital, maybe 300 or 200 miles away, and they can't get there. And and Takano will, Takano will get out there and say, hey, you know, I'm on the Veterans Committee. Uh, what does that mean? That means you're on a committee. Okay. Are you doing anything with it? Are you no. involved? Are you uh, Are you connected? Are you in touch? Are no. you conscious of what's going on? So as a Democrat, Mark Ticano is supposed to be against shutting down the government, but but he's not, is he? How many no. times did he vote to, to how many times did he vote to shut the government down this year? Three times. Um And it was over in the issue with DACA. Because DACA was not in the bill. And DACA had nothing to do with the military funding. 
and DACA had nothing to do with the military funding or the budget no. or any of that stuff. They were just trying to and hijack what, it. And what really made me mad is that the president told Congress back in October, about late mid-October, I'm giving you to March 5th to come up with the bill. Nobody came up with the bill. They tried to attach everything to that bill, but of course they failed. So people need to really think about that. Why didn't the Democrats, why didn't Mark DeConnell come up with the bill? I think, I think the, I think maybe uh, they did the last continuing resolution so that this, so that the Republicans can bring it up in the next budget fight in September, right before the election. Exactly. And, uh, and then we'll be the ones pushing, Hey, let's put a DACA thing out there because the the Democrats really don't give a crap about it. No, it's all about votes and they're using them as pawns. Undocumented Democrats. (laughs) So you're proud, you're proud to make tax reform and the economy a pillar of your campaign. Yes. What do you want business owners to know about your tax policy? My tax policy. I like the tax policy that we pass now, but I think it can go better. I like to see a flat tax or maybe a fair tax because we are a district with a lot of small size and medium sized businesses. And I know a lot of people, they have restaurants, they want to hire more people, but at the same time say we can't because you had the Affordable Care Act that was killing them and then the taxes. And they said, we like to hire more, but we had to keep it under, I think it was 32 hours as well. Mm-hmm. And we are a district where family owned businesses. And I go into the restaurants, the prices went up because of the taxes were too high. Now we have to work on a state tax. So I'm telling everybody, get out there and vote in June so we can even lower the state tax. Well, my vote is, a, my vote is uh, like you said, a flat tax. Yes. Uh, but for the for the individuals, a uh, national sales tax on nobody cheats. Mm-hmm. Nobody pays zero and nobody pays 50%. Um, let's see if we got a few more, minute, few more minutes left. When it comes to national security, lots of Californians believe in, in securing the border, no matter what the media says. Yes. Our open borders, our open borders, governor said, uh, our open borders governor said something this week that I wanted you to respond to. This is the rant he went on when asked about placing the National Guard at our border. Is this a war on California? Is this a war on the engine of our American economy and innovation? Go to Silicon Valley. Look at these people. They, 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 you can just say these are people who come from somewhere else. This is the genius of America. We didn't get built on just the indigenous people. Far from it. We destroyed the indigenous people and had nothing but immigration. That's the story of California. I think we ought to remember that as we chart our rules. But they're totally paralyzed because the Republican Party has this little narrow group of, uh, you know, of, of fearful people that think that's how they get elected. What can you say? I think Jerry Brown's the biggest joke, and I'm so glad he's leaving office. But I'm going to tell you, what people fail to forget that our last president, Barack Obama, he sent the guard to the border. Nobody's bringing that up. George W. Bush did the same thing. So why is it when this president's doing it, he's he's a he, he's wrong? Exactly. And and I'm and I'm looking at this on the news and i said do you guys not remember when barack obama did the same thing and i've been to the border i i went to the border and i saw how dysfunctional the border and inconsistent it is and i talked to the border patrol agents and i know border patrol agents they said we need something we need a physical barrier and plus we need better technology and everything else to do our job but we also need more manpower so to send the National Guard troops down there to help out, to make sure that our men and women that are serving in the Border Patrol, even Customs, 
they will have some protection and backup because that's a big job to do and that's a scary job to do. Mm-hmm. And for Jerry Brown to say that, I don't know what maybe Moonbeam does fit him because he's it on does. the moon, he's on the he's on Pluto at this point. I think, and, he, was, I think he was doing too many psychedelics I, in the seventies. That's what I heard. But you know, to say that it's a it's a scare tactic, it's not a scare tactic because you also have human trafficking and drugs that are coming over. And that's what we need to stop. And we need that we need that wall while we have while we have the votes to do it or else well, we it'll need, never change. We need a functional wall. We need a consistent one. The three that I saw, my grandma could jump over at least one of them. Well, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm assuming I, I looked at look at him and go, we need something more like the wall of China. But then when or I saw, saw when I saw a different angle, it, it's thicker than it looks in most of the pictures. Right. The ones that they did. So if elected Asia Smith, you would become the first African-American female Republican to serve in Congress from California. Yes. You'd be the you'd be only the second African-American female Republican to currently serve in Congress, along with Mia Love from Utah, who I love. Yes. Um, those are both pretty big honors. Any final thoughts for the voters? I tell everybody, get out there and vote. Vote in June. Vote in November because... Let me tell you, I do need money. I do need donations. But your vote is more your vote to get out there so we can show that we are sick and tired of what's going on in here in California. And we're dri- we're driving in strength in numbers. OK, if, uh, if any of our listeners want to uh, donate to uh, help your campaign, where do yes. they go? They go to www.aja4forcongress.com. Aja, Aja for Congress. Yes. Aja4congress.com. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I you just, go by Aja, I always call you Asia. Well, I was named after the Steely Dan album, Asia. So, well, that's what I thought. Well, because, you know, hey, uh, I was in the 70s, you know. That listen. was my dad's favorite song, but he decided to throw, throw a curveball and pronounce it Aja. But trust me, I didn't know until late, years later. It's like, no, it's Aja. And I said, well, I thought it was Asia. Okay. But I go by either or. That Steely Dan said, said Asia. Yes. So, uh, so anyway... You got you got my vote. You'll yes. have a check before you leave here. Thank you so much. And, and uh, I'd like to come back on again. There's a I'll lot have, of lot more issues that I see that's going on. So you're so you're you're running with Mark Ticano, uh so you're gonna you get past the the, the primary. The primary. But I want to show big voter turnout to show him we want him out of office. Yeah, we do want him out. And show prove to him that we are sick and tired of you and we want change. We need to take back California. Asia, yes. thanks for coming on. Thank you so much. I'll have so you much. back after the primary. Yes. And uh, we'll have we'll uh, we'll put you on our website and so everybody knows how thank to get you. Thank you so much and thank you everybody. Okay, everybody, that's all the time we have for this episode of the main event. If you have a comment on anything you heard on this on this show, you want to you want to let me hear it. 855-640-2092. 855-640-2092. My name's Ed Hoffman. Thanks for listening to the main event. I'll be back again with you next week. The content in this program is not intended to be legal advice. The views expressed are those of Ed Hoffman and his invited guests and do not necessarily reflect the views or policies of Wholesale Capital Corporation. WCC is licensed by the California Bureau of Real Estate Broker License Number 0117747 and California Finance Lenders License Number 603K610. Also licensed in Arizona by the Arizona Department of Financial Institutions. MB Number 09699.